This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. Oh, welcome back. Another sad, sad Leafs Late Night. I'm joined by Steph, the Fanalist, but we'll, uh, we'll be happy for a second here. We've got a special guest, Sarah, all the way from the Aussie land. Thank you so much for joining us. G'day, everyone. How are you? G'day, g'day. So happy you're here again. Uh, we always appreciate your input and love the accent as always. So thanks for coming on. <laughs> I have my sad accent on today, guys. Oh, I'm going to work on pumped. mine and have you uh, have you judge it one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but man, tonight Rough night. I had high hopes and it was going good at the end and yeah, I'm sure we'll get there, but... Damn, especially with Barubi in that. Uh, this is his second game of the year. He played uh, the last game against Buffalo and won it. But yeah, it's it's just one of those stories where it's another rookie or another guy who hasn't played this season kind of stealing the show for the other team. So. We bring out the best in the opposition's goaltenders. Always. Yeah. Always. And because it's the anniversary of the David Ayers game, this has to happen. <laughs> I was surprised they you didn't mention that on the broadcast. Really? Did you guys hear really? it once? No. They're just either they forgot about it or they're just were told not to talk about it. I it saw a tweet today that said like a kind of like a prop bet or over 2.5 under 2.5 how many times that they will mention it tonight <laughs> during the Leaf game and I said it was an easy over but I guess I was so wrong. Maybe they heard about the bets and they're like, "All right, no one mention it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. So uh, I got to say, the goals that the Leafs did get tonight were all amazing, regardless of uh, the goals that went in on the other end. But uh, the first one, Mitch Marner, as he is falling, manages to throw the puck between three, three Blue Jackets to Michael Bunting to score his 17th of the year, leading the rookie scoring race. Love it. When do we start campaigning for him to win? rookie of the year oh i think it's i mean i think the campaign has started but i feel like he's got a bit of a disadvantage being like the asterisk rookie Mm. by one day wasn't it yeah by one day and like the last two seasons he played just under the amount of games to be required for like a full season and he was in the minors for the longest time possible so he just pushed every limit and uh that makes him a rookie this year Pretty yeah. lengthy way of winning it, though. I hope yeah. so. He deserves the Calder, but of course the competition is so tough at the moment. But Bunting is playing some really good hockey, standing out on the ice for, of course, we talk about his contract over and over again. But wow, this goal, though, I just want to talk about um, Keith before tonight saying that the Leafs had to play more of a defensive game and don't prioritize that offense. Uh, get positionally sound first and then the offense will come afterwards. And Matthews, instead of jumping up on the play when the puck was against the boards and Bunting and Marner was there, he kind of backed up and allowed them to go for the puck and then Marner was able to intercept that pass, use Matthews as a bunker and then make that diving excellent play for bunting to just tip it right in so that was great absolutely uh so to finish off the first period that was it i mean it was one nothing 
uh, man, this Columbus crowd was loud, like very loud. I know we've been playing to no fans or 50% capacity, but even so, like I have not heard an arena this loud in a long time. And I think we have to acknowledge that we got bloody lucky a few times in that first period. We had that open netter about what, five or six minutes in where Camp took out Campbell and it was <laughs> oh, a yeah. wide open net and they missed it. So we were lucky. Um, and I think we had a close opportunity there with, with the power play that we got where Austin nearly got it in, but Willie did one pass too many. Mm. Yeah. yeah, one too many passes was kind of the uh, the name of the game tonight, eh? It was like nobody wanted to shoot, and then in, until it was crunch time, and then everybody was trying to shoot, and nobody could get <laughs> anything decent off. Yeah. Yeah, but that was very scary to start off the first period with that soup play behind the net, fumbles the puck, and Danforth, uh, another random name. I mean, these are This is the fourth line playing for Columbus, just kind of steals the puck away from Campbell, and all you see, all of a sudden you see Campbell and Camp just rushing to both play goalie at the same time and kind of bash into each other, and I don't know how that puck did not go in, but for the better, of course, Campbell, man, he was on fire to start. So mm. this is why this loss is so aggravating right now. Yeah, but um, okay, Ilya Labushkin with that hit on Max Domi in the first period. Twitter Very just lit up. They're like, hey, we're keeping this guy. The Russian bear can stay. That was amazing. Yeah, but speaking of Lubushkin, and honestly, I loved his first period, but another play the Leafs got away with was that when he was on the boards with number 28, I don't know who wears that number, but it was a total hooking call. He was hitting the guys on the gloves like crazy. I was surprised that was not called, and everyone's kind of posting this tweet like, oh, good job, man, and I'm just thinking to myself, ref, you didn't see that. Like, good for us, but wow, this could have went bad at that period of time. It could have, but instead he uh, drew a penalty from Jakob Voracek for tripping, which was lovely. Yes, Beautiful. So a big and hit you... and drawing a penalty in the first period is just like, yeah, you can stay, bud. Oh, yeah. definitely. And did you see where he tried to truck someone but completely missed? <laughs> so yeah. It just flying was flying into the boards there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Campbell with another huge save to end the first period too. Um, Columbus turning over the puck and I don't know. It was just another one-two play and Campbell right there to make the save. And we were just on our edge of the seat, even though the score was one nothing. It was just like, ooh. And then the Leafs kind of got looser and looser. And man. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those games where everything started off okay and just progressively got worse, like you said. That's it. We always yeah. by the opened the second with a penalty against Nylander. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tavares uh, should have been a five on three, too, when the Leafs were on the power play there. And someone was jumping all over Tavares. And that's when I think our Twitter group chat was kind of like, OK, this is definitely game management here because you let some go, you let that go. So are we entering the second period with a clean slate or what's going on here? No, it was the the calls were so inconsistent tonight. It was wild. Like, I, I almost wanted to say that there weren't a ton of. And they put the uh, the whistles away, but there were still penalties, like a lot on both sides. But so many things just went went unnoticed or just let slide. Uh, but I got to say, Patrick Line tying it up for his 17th of the year. Patrick Line and Michael Bunting both have 17 goals this year. Is that not weird? Wow. 
Yeah, this guy's definitely yeah. had a horrible last couple of years and changing teams and he's just trying to make a name for himself at this point I mean he started his rookie season with 36 goals the following year he had 44 the year after 30 and then it just went downhill from there and his opening season with Columbus he only had 21 points 45 games this year but Torts was kind of playing him out of his element to be fair for sure but remember the whole like debate between line and matthews like <laughs> remember those days double double the goals thank you very yeah, much exactly but he's on a audition right now one year i think seven million dollar deal so we'll see if he sticks around with columbus i don't know yeah i feel like there's game. a long-term five-ish to six-ish million dollar deal in his uh in his future <clears throat> i think he's kind of played himself down from his previous contract yeah. Gotta be there. Something long term for him there, for sure. Yeah. So uh Matthews with his thirty-fourth for number thirty-four makes it two to one in the second. So that was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful pass by Michael Bunting just from behind the net there up to Matthews who buries it. Man, if they could have just held on to a lead tonight, I would have been so happy. I know. But that wouldn't have been leafy though. We need to do it hard. <laughs> I don't like this leafy talk, okay? We're changing the narrative this year. No more leaf in it. The leafy talk is going to be positive from now on. That's just me. I'm usually positive. You know I'm usually positive. I know. Through, I know. But <laughs> I'm struggling today. Yeah, it's hard after the uh, after the game against Montreal and then this. It's just, ugh, God. Yeah, but Bunting really, once again, he's just been on, his name's been on the spotlight. Excellent bank pass off the ice and Camp with that backhander right on Matthew's stick with that left-hand shot. Beauty straight in. So I'm surprised they didn't light up Brube a couple more times before then. You know what I mean? Like, I thought the Leafs would be lighting them up tonight. Yeah, they had a ton, a ton of shots on him. I, I can't believe how many things didn't go in, how many times... JT and Willie, guys, oh, it's so hard watching them. They just have stone hands right now, man. Yeah, and Tavares is really showing his frustration too. I mean, we saw the sticks like slap on the ice. His face is just so, like, the confidence is not there. He's just kind of thinking like, man, what do I have to do next sort of thing? And I'm rooting for the guy. Like, I was hoping he'd get a hat trick in the third, you know what I mean? Just to bounce back, but... <laughs> Yeah, to see any emotion from him is uh, is surprising. So to see that much is like, oh, he's he's not happy with what's going on. It was good to see him take those shots on goal. We haven't had that in the last couple of games. He had five shots today. So he was so close in a couple. Yes. Yeah. Oh, couple good, uh, perfect opportunities open right in front in the slot. So oh, I know I'm still like, oh. <laughs> Nice uh, fantasy pickup there on Bunting for tonight, though, uh, Steph. I... You got my mosquito. Did you? Did you pick him up? Didn't you? No, you did. No, I did not. Oh, who did? Somebody did today. I thought. Oh. <laughs> I saw that you dropped Boldy. Yeah. Uh, oh, two Rask, two Furious picked up Bunting. Oh, shout out Matt Duncan. Shout out Matt. Um... <laughs> yeah, why but... did Boldy score? No, they're, they're not playing tonight. Yeah, they are. Oh, sorry, they are. They, they played against yeah. Ottawa. Yeah, he was sorry. a minus one. Yeah, oh, last time I checked, he had five shots. I was thinking about another guy. but uh, I dropped him for Robert Thomas, who got an assist today, so bonus. Nice. 
But um, on that Matthews goal too, did you see Liney was hooking Matthews? He totally got his gloves, but no call once again. Anyway. Yep. The Matthews versus... Sorry, go ahead, sir. Sorry. Just another example of Matthews versus any penalty. He's able to skate through them and make it look like nothing's actually happening. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say Matthews versus uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Matthews versus Liney are very similar games, eh? Yeah, um, but... Lonnie kind of looked like he gave up on that play. He totally lost the inside position, and Matthews was all alone in front after a chase up the ice. So kudos to him, to him scoring his 34th on the year, and he joins elite company. Um, I think he's the first Leaf in franchise history to score 60 goals in six consecutive years to start his NHL career, and the only Leafs to do that in history and not to start their career, but six straight 60-point seasons is Sundin, Settler, Keon, and Val. So nice. He's just continuing to write his way into the Leafs history books. Yes. And there are still years left on the contract and he is still very young. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately the third period sucked. Oh. <laughs> so Take we open it up there. a minute in with uh, Adam Bogquist with a end-to-end power play goal through absolutely everybody like what the (laughs) what was this yeah it was a beautiful primary assist from the blue jackets goalie as well yeah it was like the same as the riley goal the other night yep yeah he totally took some notes from morgan riley did an end-to-end play and yeah he danced right through four leaves what the hell guys (laughs) everyone was just puck watching at that point and this was on the power play Adam Bockwist is better too. than Connor McDavid. Just saying. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, but no, that was, it was a nice goal, but it was also kind of embarrassing to watch. Like, how did nobody stop this guy? Dermot just let him shoot. Yeah, didn't like, have a Dur- stick whatsoever. Yeah, even the commentators were yeah. saying, they're like, you know, Dermot's stick is at his feet. What's that going to do? Like, either challenge him, stop him from shooting, or get out of the way. Or hit up like there's you had like three or four things you could have done other than just stand there. Yeah, we needed a, a JT Brody slide in yeah. front of him in some way. Yeah, yeah, anything to break that up. But uh, unfortunately, Dermot is taking the page of the Justin Hall playbook. Who luckily was speaking of Justin Hall. Yeah, how wonderful was it that he was not playing tonight? <laughs> yeah, you notice it a lot. Like the the the, def, the 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 difference in the defense with Labushkin there instead of Hall was like night and day. Yep. Yeah, and I so, really liked that Sandine line. Me too. I called, I called the entire defensive lineup. Let's go. You so did. <laughs> ding 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 for you. <laughs> but surprisingly, about Lub- there you go. <laughs> But Labushkin's play tonight, like, I'm shocked to see that he's only registered one hit on the night. It looked like he did way more than that, you know? It was more like tying guys up and just being physical, which doesn't always get registered as a hit. I mean, that one on Domi in the first period, I guess, was the only one they'll give him. But he was physical, which, I mean, and you know who else was tonight, which I love to see, and I hope he does it more. The giraffe? period was the giraffe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's uh man if he starts throwing that neck around and whacking people like that more often he's playing his way up this lineup and he's the last person that i thought would be playing their way up the leafs lineup 
Hell yeah. And he might as well, right? That's like in the beginning of the season when it was uh, preseason games and he had no games to register because he was out on that inner our injury and then he somehow worked his way back up in the lineup after a couple games and proving to Sheldon Keith that he deserves to be on this roster so I love to see him get physical and Kukin the guy who was going after yeah. him just would not give it up uh, the funny part about this little scenario was that Dermot was the guy in front waiting for that puck rebound and <laughs> he's usually not in that position you know what I mean so yeah. I thought that was just interesting to note yeah, everybody's trying something out tonight. Yeah. We did see JT take a hit. I think he got registered for one, but he seemed to be a lot more physical and defensive today as well. So maybe, yeah. although he's not pushing his offense as much in the last few games, he seems to have really picked up the defense for his line. We just need him to find that happy medium, I think. Yeah, he and uh, Willie both had a couple interceptions in the neutral zone there. There was a couple that uh, JT even chopped right out of the air that were nice. Um, but uh, unfortunately, Brennan Gauntz, unassisted, with a little breakaway there, gets through everybody, and uh, yeah, it's 3-2 Columbus, just like that. Yeah, just unlucky for Labushkin, unable to hold that point, bounced over a stick, and then it just becomes a foot race from that point, and this is where Campbell, well, the second point where Campbell started to look like Swiss cheese. It's just letting every shooter versus goalie scenario in mm. and usually we yeah. rely on a guy like that and it kind of reminded me of the all-star um <laughs> the in the skills challenge when him and Vasilevsky had a horrible start to start their streak and then they finally put it together and got the nine streak saved but to start that event it was not looking good <laughs> but yeah but we can't afford to let them get that far ahead though it no. seems like we're constantly playing catch up and we don't get to keep that beautiful sort of smoothness happening through our games like we did a few months ago or a yeah. month ago. Yeah, the uh, the offense needs to click again and get up to like, I mean, three goals is good, but if you can get up to four or five, your problems are are less glaring, right? Like even if the other team does score three or four, like the they got to score their way out of some problems. I know that's unpopular to say, but that's how this team is built and they have to. And Campbell can't let in two five-hole goals in one game like that. Like, that's bad, man. He did not yeah. look good. Leafs are 24-0-1 after leading two periods in the season. Uh, we thought entering the third that they'd have this in the bag. But thank God for Father Spezza just turning up to be such a vintage player, man. Oh. There was no kick. No kick. No. <laughs> that's small, a bit of a kick. Just a little kick. What is a kick nowadays? Like, who, okay. who even knows? The fact that he he turns and you can see that he's clearly trying to hit it with his stick and it was just already going. Like, he, it's very obvious what his intention was. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was kind of clear. The, the fans made it obvious. And as much as I was <laughs> like, guys, shut up. If Steph and I were at that game, we would be <laughs> booing the same if they got, the, you know, if this goal was against the Leafs. Like, we would probably be doing the same thing. Of course. Yeah, but uh, good pressure by the Leafs while pulling the goalie there and Riley just chipping that puck back into the Ozone and keeping the play alive and everyone's just scrambling and scrambling and luckily Spets is able to collect the loose change with the pushing, kicking, sticking, motion, whatever it was. All I care about that it counts and they're going into OT. So 
Yeah, it was weird because first, who was it that knocked it? Was it Willie that knocked it out of the air? And it would JT, have been a high. Um, JT knocked JT. it out of the air, but it, again, like I said, he knocked a bunch out of the air, uh, and it would and have been Bounty a high stick. But Columbus touched it first, so they were calling for that, and then they were calling for the kick. So man, oh, 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 they just one thing after another going wrong for them. Yeah, speaking of Riley though, he played twenty six minutes today. Who's that? Morgan Riley, twenty six minutes. Wow. Twenty six. Thomas minutes. Shabbat numbers. Granted, my New Jersey arrived, and I'd like to take credit for some of that. But 26 <laughs> minutes, that's a machine. He had three shots on goal and one little seat in the penalty box. Wow. He nice. uh, pl- played longer than Rowinski, who averages 26 a night. Uh, he was 25-17 tonight. So, wow. Good for him. Uh, so, Pulling the goalie with two and a half minutes left is always a little risky, but I mean, this time it paid off. What's your, usually your opinion about pulling the goalie? If you were a coach, what what time would you do it and what circumstances? We'll start with uh, Sarah, our guest. Yeah, right. So my thoughts are anytime after that four or five minute mark, I'm happy to pull the goalie. If you're having a tight game like you are now, if you're two ahead, if the, sorry, if the opposition are more than two points ahead, there's not much point. But if we're as close as we were in this game with both teams really trying to bring their fire, bringing, pulling the goalie a little early gives you the opportunity not just tie the game but also perhaps get one ahead, which we tried really hard. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay. Steph, what about you? I have a similar mindset because with our reliefs, I kind of want to give them the most time possible and give them that chance to sink it. But if we're two goals ahead, and obviously it depends on who we're facing too. If if the yeah. Leafs have no puck possession that night, they're being outshot, the D is just horrible, then I if we're up by or down by two, then four, mm, it would be even less time, like three minutes max. If when I have more confidence, then I would give them a little bit more time because I have faith that they can come back. But if it's just a one goal scenario, I kind of like the two and a half minute mark, you know, like just more than a power play. And I don't know, just because it's the Leafs, I feel like they they suck at sinking quick goals. Not like when the power play was super hot in December. Like I wish that could be the scenario all of the time, but I feel like they need to play with it a little and <laughs> then finally sink it. You know what I mean? But how about you, Johnny? I'm a little more conservative in my opinion with pulling the goalie. I think like it would have to come down to, I'm I'm like an under two minutes kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like if it's a one goal game and the team has proved that they can maintain possession and get something going, if it's been a game where they haven't held the zone at all, I'm not even going to bother with it because they haven't shown that they're going to keep it there and not give up the goal within 10 seconds of the goalie coming out anyway. And when it comes yeah. to offensive zone face-offs in that last, like like a minute and a half, two minutes, I would still keep the goalie in off the face-off just in case things don't go their way. I don't like the idea of having them start with six players on the ice and the goalie on the bench. I think mm-hmm. you take the face-off and then immediately have the, the goalie skate there if you win it and get something going. Because if not, it's, you know, it's kind of useless. Yeah, that's a fair point, and uh, I don't know. I just I wish better for the Leafs, but at the same time, uh, 
yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I'm sure it'll come back to me. Uh, with how the Leafs played tonight, though, and Matthews having a career career high of 11 shots, and Bunting was on fire, and with with our PP1 unit, which is pretty much the first line plus the other superstars, uh, two minutes, two and a half minutes, I was happy about that tonight. Yeah, and uh, they were able to pull it off, so I'm happy with it, too. Uh, we're doing everything to avoid talking about overtime, eh? we're just doing like what we did yesterday and just stalling until things get bad in the game so um because there's not much to talk about in overtime basically uh columbus got the puck and line a with a disgusting shot one off of a pass from uh wierenski 19 seconds into the overtime the game yeah sorry positives we got a point and florida didn't because they lost to nashville so that's a positive so you know, there's you know, you gotta you gotta take the little victories, right? Yeah, I feel like the overtime. That's where Matthews had a misstep, and Liony had that misstep earlier into the game on the Matthews goal. So it was kind of like a one for one there. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way, but I'm happy that the Leafs were able to come back in regulation. Anyways, that should boost their confidence even more, especially after. Uh, continuing the game into the third period being up by one so yeah but there was pros yeah. and i liked lubushkin guys like i'm i'm on the, yeah. the lube train <laughs> the lube train yeah lube me you out. can't you can't use the word lube and bush in the same work same sentence <laughs> oh it's so good i i do like him though i think he's a great addition to this team and i also don't think keith has done yet especially with uh i mean okay i'm just gonna come out and say it it doesn't really matter what the injury to to Jake Muzzin is. Like, it, he could be fine and play the next game. It doesn't matter. He's going on LTIR. Alec Martinez of Vegas probably could have played six weeks ago, and he's still sitting on LTIR because they would rather have Jack Eichel play. Uh, this is how the salary cap works, and unless the league's going to change it, they're just going to magically say that Jake Muzzin is... Uh, unfit to play because of his long-term concussion. And I mean, I'm saying he could actually not be able to play, but what I'm saying is if he is good to play tomorrow, it doesn't matter because he's going on LTIR. So I think everybody should just start talking about Dubas's moves as though we have that 5.6. Yeah. It's only fair to talk like that, right? It's, this is like I said last night, uh, kind of like a free pass in a sense. And, um, I'm sure Dubas had some sort of backup plan in the back of his mind with the concussion from pre- previous months ago with Muzzin, but this it wasn't expected last night. So, no, yeah, like having insurance if he goes down is a very different number salary wise than actually replacing him actively before the trade deadline, while still being He's able to options. reactivate him when the playoffs come around. So that's it's a really big win, and I mean. As much as I don't like skirting the, well, not skirting the rules, but just kind of fudging things like this, it's literally how Pampos have won the cup the last two years. It's how Vegas is in the situation they're in. Like every team that's competing is like, we don't have a luxury tax. We have salary cap circumvention. So this is what it is. We're just playing the game that all the other teams appear to have done the last three years. Exactly. The problem is when we start playing those rules, people are going to start throwing their toys out of the cot and picking on us. I mean, we still kind of coined the term Robida Island here in 
in Toronto, and we made Joffrey Lupul effectively disappear from the NHL. So uh, <laughs> I I do think that we are the founders of this, and everybody copied us, and now we're just going to pick it back up where we left off. Yeah. Of making players disappear. Like Justin Hall will <laughs> if they can't trade him. He will just disappear. I'm sure they'll just they buy his contract his legs. He's going to be the next Martin Marinson where he just never disappears and he's going to show up randomly in every conversation. And every time someone gets injured, it'll just be Justin Hall in the lineup and everyone's like, fuck. Yeah. Hey, a random take for you. I don't know if it's true, but it's on Twitter, so it's got to be true. Of course. <laughs> Apparently, since Nick Ritchie took his Maple Leafs jersey off, we have not run. Oh. Oh. I mean, oh, that's like fair. when since he left the organization, apparently we haven't got a win. Maybe that's a maybe. horrible stat. <laughs> I, oh, hey, like it's the that. Twitter has spoken. I know it's wow, one of those things where you're like, of course. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter has spoken, thank you so much. I have almost a thousand followers on our Leafs Late Night page. I had a great time chatting with all of you tonight for the game. Um, yeah. Just thanks for thanks for following. Yeah, me too, guys. Uh, I started at sixty, and now I'm almost at nine hundred. So that's awesome. Amazing. Um, so the other thing that was mentioned during the game, Frege talked about Jimothy Timothy Miller, the other Jimothy Timothy, and Timothy Jimothy. We would have uh, JT, JT, and TJ if the Leafs were able to get him. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, just to, I, I before everybody jumps at me, I know Fridge said if Muzzin goes on LTIR, the Leafs would be a front runner. He was not saying this is something that's happening. But what do you guys think about the addition of a forward in general? And more specifically than Timothy Jimothy, Jimothy Timothy. Okay. My thoughts are if he joins us, he'll definitely be able to boost that second line. So we'll have some support there for JT and Nylander. He's a, he's a really strong wing player, um, a really good argument that he should join us. But is he, like, who's going to go so he fits into that forward line? I think it would be Kerfoot that goes the other way. And that's a bit sad. It is. But I think the line needs a boost. They're all starting to go stale. Um, and I, I don't think it's just a matter of waiting it out and hoping they snap out of it. I don't like the idea of moving Kerfoot off the team entirely, but I think putting somebody else on that line to spark them, whether it's somebody from a trade or even just putting Engvall up there at, like for a game, see what happens. Will we consider switching Mana and Nylander again? I mean, you could, but Matthews and Marner have just been playing so well together. It almost seems unfair to punish them for the fact that 88 and 91 can't score right now. I think it's, I think they should, that's why I'm saying Engvall, because it'd be promoting somebody to be on that line to hopefully bring a spark because then they're bringing a positive attitude to the line and hoping to prove something instead of Marner being like, I don't want to be here. But I think rotating Willie and um, Marner shouldn't be seen as a punishment because the Leafs kind of run with two first lines and same with our two power play units at one, like once upon a time ago, uh, last year and the year before. Uh, and 
after tonight and seeing Marner and Matthews kind of on that roll, and then you saw that second line jump on trying to spark some offense as well, um, having this idea that it's a punishment, like, I don't think they see it that way. Of course, it seems like that because it's second line, second line minutes, etc. But it's a good position to be in because they can be rotated more frequently. But. I don't think it's a punishment for Marner to be put on the second line. I think it's a punishment. It would be seen as a punishment to split them up while they're playing well to boost yeah. a line that's not playing well. I don't think that it's a bad thing when they're all playing badly or they're all playing well to flip people between lines because, you know, then you're just keeping things fresh and seeing if you can get something better going. But or yeah. even if if Matthews and Marner are slumping, moving Nylander up to the first line to see if that helps like that i'm not i'm not saying that's a bad thing i just think that moving like splitting matthews and marner up while they're doing so well is not a, the right thing to do to try to bring offense to the second line i think it should come from either mikhaev coming up or trading kerfoot for somebody new or trying out you know like engvall or mm-hmm. even one of the other young guys on that line to see what happens somebody yeah. that yeah. has something to prove Last night, Keith tried out Matthews, Nylander, and Marner a couple times, a few shifts there, I think in the second or third period. So, of of course, he's been trying it. But you're right, Johnny. Um, thinking about the second line in Kerfoot, I mean, we love Kerfoot. This is the mm-hmm. ultimate utility Swiss Army knife, and we have him signed until the end of next year for 3.5. So when JT Miller comes into the conversation, you have to think that this guy wants a raise at the end of the year. And are we going to lose Kerfoot next year to give that guy that raise or just keep JT renter or Miller Miller as a rental, sorry, and kind of fill the hole there because his raise is going to cost minimum eight mil. Um, he's the best player on the, the team right now. He has 53 points, 18 goals, 24 power play points. Uh, the rest of the stats just stack. He's 114 hits. I mean, but Vancouver, I think Rutherford didn't say it directly, but there's been rumors and hints that if they're going to get rid of JT Miller, they're definitely going to want a first round pick. It's guaranteed. It. And from Toronto, it's going to be, the rumor is Kerfoot, Robertson, and Amirov for JT Miller. Kerfoot, Robertson, Amirov, and a first for JT Miller as a rental for rental. three months? No. No, thank you. No, yeah. thanks. Are we playing higher and lower already? <laughs> I I don't I don't mind trading the first. I don't mind trading Kerfoot, depending on what the return is, and I don't mind trading a prospect, but I don't think all of those things for JT Miller is worth it. That's a little much, especially when that offense is not I mean, like the hits, you throw seven hits in one game. That's really good. Like, mm-hmm. uh, mm. I, I, yeah. I just, I don't like the idea of a rental, especially after what happened with Nick Foligno. You literally never know what's going to happen. If he comes in and gets hurt, then we just gave all of that away and we're fucked. So I don't like it. I don't like yeah. a rental. I would hate to lose Kofa, but Vancouver is his hometown. So I think if it's the one team he'll go to, it's definitely going to be Vancouver. And yeah, it's, it's one of those fantasy situations, right? Like anyone would pick up JT Miller all day long. But if you're thinking into the future and if you're going to pay this guy next year, I mean, right now it's perfect. If we're going for the cup right now, it's perfect. And of course we are. So we can't really argue that point. But I don't know. I, I think it's too expensive. 
expensive. But of course I want him, but it's too expensive. Because the situation you put yourself in is in a couple of years from, or even one or two years from now, when you're like, damn, we need somebody that's affordable that we can put into one of these roles you wish you had on league minimum Rodion Amirov to put in there, or, you know, Maddie Nyes or whoever it is you end up giving up to bring in this rental now, you're going to need them down the line. Like, and, and I know everybody's talking about, you know, this is the year, like, you have to go for it. And I know you always have to go for it, but you also, like, <laughs> as somebody that talks about this team, I know that in two years I'm going to be talking about how everyone's like, oh, Dubas is an idiot for getting rid of XYZ in the trade that he's going to make in the next three weeks. And everybody's yeah. going to say how good of a trade it is now. And then when that guy goes on like Jared McCann or somebody and scores 20 goals, they're going to be like, oh, why did we get rid of him? <laughs> and I just. What's more important? Yeah. Do we need another forward to boost our team? Well, a core, which we know can play really well. Or do we need to boost that defensive and support our goaltenders? Or do we need another, or and or do we need another goaltender? Yeah, it's it's tight. I mean, you can put JT Miller on that second line, but then you have that first line that's already making what like thirty mil, and then the second line's going to be making close to that amount. So your bottom two lines are going to be thinning out, especially with Kashe needing to be signed, Ingval. Uh, a lot of smaller contracts coming up that fill those bottom six roles. So it's tough. If anybody comes in on forward, it's going to be a small contract, like a, a bunting camp for Kasha size contract, um, yeah. like a million and a half or less. I think if anything, the money that we're going to get from the Muzzin LTIR, and I'm just saying this as I'm assuming it's going to happen, um, is going to go to replacing him on defense because Labushkin is not a replacement for Muzzin. He was supposed to be a partner for Muzzin. Now they need a yep. replacement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I like yeah. Sandine and him together, and I like, I mean, usually like Riley and Brody on the first line there, but they need somebody to step in and someone that can shut down any first line that they go up against. So, yeah. Definitely. Mark Giordano? Yeah. I- Hmm. Can we steal Seattle's captain? Is that like a done thing to do? <laughs> I mean, A, the Leafs have a thing for collecting captains last time I checked. And <laughs> yes. B, uh, I've heard rumors that Giordano is being shopped. So Seattle did not put together a very good team. And I think they're quickly realizing that. I think everyone on Seattle is being shopped at the moment. Half the roster is being McCann shopped. Back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mark Giordano, man, this this name like is I don't I'm not a fan. I'm just he's 38 years old. He has 22 points in 46 games this season. Um, There's actually rumor that he might go back to Calgary because they're doing so well right now. And then there's other teams Mm. who are interested, like the Preds and the Rangers. And he has a 10 team no trade list so toronto's probably in there (laughs) and his salary cap hit is 6.75 mil that's kind of steep yeah i mean you can get seattle to retain some of that because he's obviously not worth 6.7 right now um but imagine sticking giordano and brody back together yeah that'll work but then you'd be breaking up the riley brody bromance that's okay throw that. throw sandine on the first line with riley and then have um brody and giordano as your second pair offense defense yeah okay interesting and then okay 
I've played a lot of Hockey bottom? League manager games. Who's on the bottom? <laughs> Labushkin and uh, Lilligren. Oh, until Muzzin Muzzin comes back? In, until the playoffs, and then you take Lilligren out for Muzzin. Mm. Muzzin, Labushkin. And you could then f- start playing around and take Sandin off the first and put, you know, Giordano or Brody in there or even Muzzin. Like, literally any of them at that point, if you have those six, you can flip them around however you want. True. Yeah. It's interesting. I It's just Giordano's age scares me a little. But obviously he was named captain for a reason this year of a new f- franchise team. So it, he's he's a great person and player, but I don't How think it's what the Leafs signed? need. Um, Good question. Because if he signed for more than a year, I'll take it. 100%. I'm pretty sure he's not. If it's just it this now. year, then eh, it's tougher. But it is just a fill-in for Muzzin while he's broken and then to be kind of an add-on in the playoffs. Because that's where Seattle seemed to pick up a lot of people with only one or two years left. What a stupid idea. Yeah, he is uh, signed until at least... He signed a six-year contract with Calgary back in 2018, I believe. Sorry, I'm just pulling that up now, but... Oh, so he's last year. Giordano, mm-hmm. cap friendly. He is signed until. Or McGursh. I love dead air of us just Googling things. It's so I know. <laughs> I was trying to do it while um, you were no, talking. He's done at the end of this year. He signed a six year yep. uh, oh, deal okay. in 2015. I thought so he was another rental. That's why, yeah, I wasn't keen on him for that money. But if they can retain it and he's just an addition in the playoffs because we get Muzzin back, I, I think it's a nice one. I'm I'm less concerned about a rental if it goes to defense than forward because forward, it means we're moving pieces for something big. Defense, I think it's it's just going to be a matter of picking up a contract from a, a bad team and giving them some like a first round pick. And I don't know, give him Nick Robertson. I don't think he's going to break this lineup. I think he's aging out of being able to get into it while we have some younger guys that are turning out equally as good as him here's the funny part about that because i totally thought the exact same thing this guy has been injured for how long now and he just got back and he's been playing and doing well dubis actually said that he's been playing so well it's going to eventually force his hand into putting him into the lineup very soon so i was surprised to hear this actually and we could be seeing nick robertson within the next i don't know month See, and this is something we talked about a while ago was like, you know, is there an upgrade from within? Is Robertson going to be able to come up? And uh, I, I, I think hope it'll so. be soon. And before Dubis makes a huge, huge move and determining on if we pick up that winger or whatever, he's going to test out Robertson, test out whoever is available within the in the farm and work from there. Yeah, I think he got a nice little pass that the trade deadlines pushed. Yeah, yeah, because Mark yeah. Giordano, I can bet that he's going back to Calgary. I mean, he played his entire career there since 2005, and he has a home there. He's like his life is there pretty much, and I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever to see him go back. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we got a uh, a potential name for the top line tonight, eh? Ooh, the the bum line. <laughs> Bunting, the Matthews, Marner. Yeah, nice. bum. 
I like the They're stat a bunch of line. The stat line, yeah. There's a couple <laughs> ways you can put it, but if anyone has any better ideas than that, let us know. Um, please, please give us a better idea. <laughs> so uh, we got about we got about 15 left here. So let's get into um, our little game of higher or lower. Love the music, higher or lower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the way this game works is I'm going to read a take that involves usually a numeric value, and you're going to tell me if the value of the actual thing is going to be higher or lower than that. And uh, we will alternate. So uh, first one we'll start with Sarah, and then we'll start with Steph on the next one, and so on. So first up, Sounds let's good. go. Dubas makes two more moves before March 21st. Even. Even, eh? I think I, okay. I, I'm breaking the rules already. I think there's at least two more trades to happen. You think okay. two and only two, not two. three, not one? Not three, nope. not two one, trades. but two. <laughs> Lock it in, Johnny. Lock two it in. Two trades. And it's the day of twos today. Well, it's tomorrow for you, Sarah, but today is two-two. Uh, no, yesterday. Two-two. Yesterday was for me. Tuesday. So, Steph, what do you think? Higher or lower or even? See, when we were going over these takes yesterday and we didn't have time, then that trade happened in the middle of the game. I definitely said yes because things can happen out of left field, like Bean says, and... But I think more is coming, even though, like I've said earlier, I'm happy with our roster and I think these guys can do it, but definitely higher. I wrote this before Muzzin got hurt, so I'm going to say higher as well. I think Dubas is going to make whether it's I think there's going to be like some minor move that we're not going to care about um, and then one major one and then a medium one. That's kind of my my prediction. Sounds good. Uh, So next one. And Steph, you're going to start us off with this. Jason Spezza will play two more seasons in the NHL. If the Leafs continue to sign him year after year, I think this is going to be another Yager-type player where he just does not want to stop playing hockey. And <laughs> Hockey, he, his life is just all hockey. And yeah, definitely higher. Um, if the Leafs don't sign him, though, then definitely lower because he'll retire. Yep, I'm on. T- I'm definitely higher. He'll keep on playing as long as we give him a leaf to wear. I'm going to be the dick here and say lower and say that there is too much talent coming up in the system, and this team is getting serious about um, really competing. And he's done a lot, and I think this year we've seen he can bring a lot of offense, but he's also slowed down. I think they will move him after this year or next into somewhat of a development or coaching role with the Leafs, whether it's as an assistant coach or, you know, a minor league, uh, whatever it is, I think he's going to be involved with the team for a very long time, but I don't think he's going to be playing with them much longer just because of how much is coming up underneath them and the space they're going to have to make, not even salary cap wise, just lineup roster wise. Yeah. He'll probably take, league minimum forever and ever i mean he'd probably take half league minimum just to wear the leaf on his chest but oh man i'm 
I have a love for Spezza, yep. so I hope he plays until he just cannot play anymore. But of course, I totally agree with you, Johnny. He's going to be in the organization for a very long time. Because if we're talking about bringing up Robertson and Nyes and um, Niemela and all these guys, like there's just we're going to run out of room in the roster to have, you know, Jason Spezza kicking around on the fourth line for all that he does bring. I, I just think eventually you got to start developing the other guys, and there's too many of them sitting around on the Marlies that need that ice time. And as mm-hmm. soon as Spezza's production is just not there anymore, you gotta you gotta have the chat with him. Yeah. Hey, it's that could chat. be true. I just I hope they've got a, a role for him within our organization. Oh yeah, he'll be alongside. I'm happy Vic for Anthropov. him not to play. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Of course. Uh, for anybody who didn't know, Nick Antropov is the uh, Leafs Russian player development coach. So all of the Russian speaking players that come over. Uh, that are in their junior program all work with Nick Antropov, former Leaf. So uh, that's pretty cool. Really cool. Wow. The bilingual. Yeah. So uh, next one up, Carey Price will play 10 games this year. Sarah. I think he wants to play 10 games this year. I think he's certainly a goalie that hasn't hung up his pads yet. Um, The question is, how's that knee looking? And with the Habs not playing so well, is he going to call it quits? So I think he will play more than 10 games if he gets his way. Higher. Fair. Steph, what do you think? With the new coaching and management, I think it's a huge boost that kind of encourages him to come back onto the ice. I mean, if uh, the old GM was still in town and Ducharme was behind the bench, I'd say lower. But now that the team is finding some sort of success and they have this new fire under the ass, and I'm just checking how many more games. So they have 31 more games to play. Hmm. I, you know what? It's going to be really, really close, but I'm going to go with higher as well because obviously they're not going to the playoffs, but I'm sure he wants to get back on the ice. You guys are nuts. He's not playing this year. There's no way. (laughs) To the same point that Steph just made with the current management and new coach, all they're trying to do is get as much positive ice time for these kids while still losing as many games as possible. Carey Price is going to come to them and say, hey, I'm ready to play. And they're like, great, you're still not playing because we don't want to win. And we just might if you're in net. Like, we just need Caulfield and Suzuki and company to just go out there and have a good time and enjoy playing hockey and develop those skills, but still lose because we still need a really high draft pick. Carey Price Mm -hmm. is not playing this year. Okay, bet, because it's it keeps uh, getting pushed, ast- right? Asterix. Carey Price is not playing this year if he is a Montreal Canadian on March 22nd. I don't think he's leaving the Canadians. Me he's either. No I, I just have to add that because if he gets traded and then someone comes back and goes, oh, he played 15 games. Yeah, well, he wasn't with the Habs, so I'm just covering my ass. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, next one, Leafs main roster will lose at least three more teeth this season. <laughs> That's a good one, Steph. Steph wrote these ones. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Sarah, what do you think? Oh, it's Steph's turn to go first. Oh, Steph, it is yours. Oh. Sorry. Um, hmm. 
two lost already, maybe two and a half. Uh, I don't know if Marner's was a few cracked ones or not. <laughs> um, with these guys and treating their mouth guard like a dog, like chew toy, you know what I mean? Like this thing that I hate to see on the ice. And it's still not confirmed if Matthews even had his mouth guard in his mouth when he ate some iron that day. Like, damn, Doubtful. did he lack some... Like, he could have had a steak, man, but shit. You wouldn't have seen his tooth go flying <laughs> he just, if he had a mouth guard and it would have stayed in the mouth guard. Yeah, so... Just saying. He just felt like hitting the pole, didn't he? Wasn't that his line? Just yeah, I just felt like, like putting my it. face through it, though. Great question. Yeah. That interview was fantastic. I'm going to go even on this because it's rare that it happens, but with their horrible habits in this mouth guard situation, it's bound to happen. So some more lessons will be learned, I'm sure. I thought Peaky might have lost one there tonight on Columbus. He blocked like eight tonight. Yeah. Like four of them in a row. It was crazy. But uh, Sarah, what do you think about the jibs? Yeah, I think I agree with Steph. And I, I know Steph and I are agreeing a lot today, which is not normal for us, Steph. We usually have <laughs> different views. but Really? I, I think, it's fun I get to yeah, be the contrarian. The, the, the mouth guard piece, come on, guys. Either wear it or don't. What kind of example are you setting to the young kids in the world? They're all watching There's JVR. There's my mother hat on for you. Yeah, JVR and his green, lime green mouth guard. Like, man, stop it. Just stop it. He probably goes through one a week. I'm going to go lower, but I do think there's going to be at least one more tooth gone. Okay. <laughs> Who's is Watch it somebody be? take a shot and lose like seven. Um, <laughs> next one, it's going to be uh, Pierre Angville. Oh, yes. Just because he, I mean, he's a little clumsy, you know? He's big. Okay. He doesn't, he, I, don't, I don't think he's always that spatially aware of how big he is. Um, and he just, <laughs> I feel like he finds himself in some odd situations sometimes, but he's also getting rough and he's playing really hard and well. So I feel like the combination of those two things is going to lose him a tooth. Yeah. When he whips his head back and forth like that, yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> Sticks his neck out to help his team. All right, Sarah, um, higher or lower more than five games will be postponed due to another COVID outbreak after restrictions lift and no masks are incoming soon here to Ontario and elsewhere. Nah, lower. I think we're over the COVID sort of scare factor. I think we're going to rely on the fact that a lot of our teams are vaccinated. They've been doing the right thing throughout. And I don't think we've got the time left in the season to postpone any more games. I think that's fair. Steph, what do you think? It's tough, right? Because if we're thinking about Canada, it's more than likely that it might happen rather than the U.S., of course. And um, coming March 1st, a bunch of restrictions are being lifted here and you don't have to show your vaccine certificate to enter places and the mask is going to be no longer, which kind of scares me considering the numbers and the cycles we've already been through time and time again, just kind of like a roller coaster ride and with how serious the league is with the COVID testing and even if it's a false positive, et cetera, we might have a little, little break happen again, a little COVID breakout. I don't want it to happen. Don't get me wrong, but it's a possibility that we think about. So I'm going to say lower just because I don't want it to happen. So lower than five. 
I think we're going to clear because basically the whole league got COVID over the Christmas break, which clears them for a couple months of getting it again. Um, I also think that if the states are any example, um, the, their arenas are all full. I think we can get back to that point without games being shut down. Also, there's Ontario provincial elections coming up this summer. There's no way Doug Ford's going to shut everything down again right before that. It would be way too unpopular of a decision. And I'm, I'm being 100% serious. I, I think the timing of the last one was far enough away because election cycles in Canada are about, I don't know, two and a half weeks long, especially for provincial elections. Um, so I think it was far enough away that he was able to kind of get away with restricting arenas and everything again one more time to curb that, to try to get some some bonus points from the the pro lockdown crowd and then as we approach the election he's gonna you know start to roll everything back and just keep it that way and try to win both sides so i i don't see and ontario is the only one that would do this that would postpone anything because the only reason games get postponed is because they can't have anybody in the stands it's not because there's not enough players usually unless there's an entire team that gets an outbreak which i also don't see happening Mm -hmm. so i i i don't see an outbreak on a team and i don't see ontario limiting um attendance again which are are the two factors so i think we're in the clear i hope so they're all about the money right and they they're desperate for fans right now and yeah i hope it's good moving forward that's for sure Mm -hmm. and i like that i was able to stay completely politically unbiased while talking about that um (laughs) it's very hard to do um so thanks um oh wait no i want i don't want that one where's my where's my children one i have one that's like children clapping <laughs> okay well no it's the oh are none of my things gonna work anymore are we at this part of the episode where buttons yeah. don't work yeah we too are. late okay or it's, it's too late so riverside please fix that i love your platform but please fix that <laughs> yeah um, seriously so any anything you guys want to close off with before we uh, sign off for the night? Well, you know, Thursday we've got the Wild back in our barn. I think this is going to be a interesting head-to-head matchup. Minnesota play a really tough game. They score a shit ton of um, goals. They do, and I don't know that either of our goaltenders are up for that just at the current moment with their mental state, and that's probably a whole other discussion, but I'm a little nervous about that game. I am too, especially after uh, three losses in a row, and like you said, I mean, Fiala and Kaprizov and Boldy and everybody's on fire there lately. They've been scoring like six, seven goals a game, and our goaltenders have been letting in too many, so I don't like this matchup. Um, but hopefully everybody can snap out of the slump and we can see some big hits from the, uh, the lube man. <laughs> Steph, what do you think? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, of course, the Minnesota Wild have been talk of the town when it comes to the Leafs because it's one of those hard-hitting games that we tend to lose. Uh, they last faced each other December 4th. Uh, it was close, 4-3 loss, but Talbot's back. Kakinen's on fire. Uh, Zuccarello has 10 points in the last five games. So I just hope that the Leafs lines can click from top to bottom and that JT gets a couple goals. I'm rooting for JT right now. So 
Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. we see a repeat of uh, like the game in New Jersey where everybody's just flying and, you know, it looks like anyone could score. So please get back to that team. I want to see that team again. Uh, yeah. Sarah, well, thank I you just... so much for joining us. Oh, good stuff. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I just wanted we're to so, mention we're too so that great the... at this. We're so great at this. Yeah. Still learning, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, the Minnesota Wild in Toronto, uh, this it's not even a big deal, but they have the same record. They're they're pretty much the same. Minnesota Wild is 31-14-3. Toronto's 32-14-4. So I think it's a very close matchup in my opinion. But thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Sorry to cut you off again, Johnny. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. This is this is the name of the game. It's very Always hard to do this when you're not in person and can't you yeah. know, read off of people. That's true. It's always a pleasure to join you guys. I'm looking forward to the whole lineup of guests for the next month. How exciting. Yeah. So next up, we will be welcoming James from Offside Hockey Talk. So tune in Thursday to hear that. He'll be joining us for our post game and to play another fun Leafs Light Night game. I'm not going to spoil which one yet. I'm kidding. I haven't figured out which one yet. And um, (laughs) then uh, on the 28th, we will have... John Tavares is underrated, as he is known on Leafs Twitter, joining us. Nice. And then, uh, oh, in between that, we will have another guest, but I'm not going to spoil who it is because it's our special guest. So we got a lot. Am I not special anymore? You're so special. You are, but there's some. I have to give us. I have to give a special shout out to somebody because of the support from literally the second that we started this podcast uh, in October. And I, as much, I, I appreciate everybody, but you know, it's, it's one of those day one things. You just got to hey, show the love. Sarah. I'll stay too. Okay. Give me a break. You're so special that you have been the only female guest on our show. So thank you so much that is for true. jumping up, uh, being such an awesome friend through this whole Leafs Nation environment. And yeah, it's always nice to meet other females that are super into hockey, just like me, because it seems to be rare. Now for compliments, so thank you. (laughs) Well, um, if you would like, we have uh, some people starting to message about March, but uh, there are lots of games in March that I have to fill in, so uh, shoot me a message if you want to come on. But like I said, my outro thing is not working right now. It might, it's not. So uh, I'll add it in post. Have a good night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.